Uh, yeah, oh, wait, I hear an airplane. <laughs> Ask aircraft radar what is overhead. Shit, that sounds military. What? That... The aircraft are overhead. Assessment 210M, 0.1 miles east, at 2,400 feet, heading east. Assessment citations EJ3, 6 miles northwest, at 12,200 feet, heading northwest. NERJ 17200 LR, 4.6 miles northwest, at 33,000 feet, heading east. Whatever's flying overhead now is not one of those and sounds suspiciously like, uh... Maybe it's like an Area 51 situation. Well, there's an Air Force or uh, an Air National Guard base, um, not close to here, but close in, uh, jet fighter terms. And so you do <laughs> yeah. see, uh, you do see, um, uh, fighters flying over every once in a while coming from, from their, uh, Selfridge Air National Guard, ba Guard base, uh... There's also so I'm really close to the uh, to the Willow Run Airport, which is where the um, I forget what it's called, but there was a, a famous bomber plant there in World War II. Uh, they made just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of um, ah. B-17s or B-24s. I guess because I, all I the like car stuff was already in. Ooh. Right. This was like Henry Ford uh, assembly line innovation to produce like a bomber just every hour for like years. Oh, uh, which is really that's crazy. Um, and so there's a, like an airport or a uh, museum and historical society at that airport that has a um, I forget if it's a B seventeen or a B twenty four, and uh, like actually keeps it maintained and flies it. And uh, if you donate a sufficient amount of money, uh, you can actually get a ride in it. And so on nice days, you'll see that flying Whoa. like over Ann Arbor. Uh, which is cool and which is uh, pretty loud. Um, those things were not quiet, <laughs> especially when nice. it's flying over at like 3,000 feet. So I still have a backlog of videos from Strange Loop that I want to watch that I'm slowly working my way through. Uh, you know, yeah, slowly they did the being... videos quickly, right? I was so impressed. Like morning of day two, they announced that pretty much all the videos from day one were up on YouTube. We That's should probably bananas. start the show at this point. All right, let's do it. All right, uh, welcome to Fatal Error. I'm Sarush. And I'm Chris. Uh, and if you're wondering uh, what that bit was earlier, uh, Chris made an echo skill, and we talked about it on one of the Patreon episodes. It tells you what planes are flying overhead, so if you want to hear us talk about that, uh, you can go grab the uh, the Patreon thing, and I think it's like episode 44? Yeah, I don't remember exactly, but we'll throw a link in the show notes. Uh, we'll also yeah, put a sure. link in the show notes just to the uh, just to the like skill webpage if you if you want to try it out. For sure, for sure. So uh, our main topic today is that Chris was just at the Strange Loop conference uh, in St. Louis, and we kind of wanted to talk about what that was like. Yeah. Uh, so that was uh, we're we're recording this October eighth. This will this episode will come out in a week, and that's a little bit after Strange Loop, which was um, the, right at the end of September. So we're on a, a little bit of a delay here, but uh, that was a really it was a really great conference. Um, I don't know where to start. Maybe. Uh, so this is your uh, second. This is not your first Strange Loop. This is your second Strange Loop. Uh, yeah, that's right. I went last year as well. Um, gotcha. last year I unfortunately was like pretty sick for most of the conference. And so I like kind of dragged myself to talks and sat in the back and tried not to get anyone sick <laughs> and didn't talk to anyone. This year was a lot more fun because I was, uh, healthy. <laughs> um, <laughs> what is the, like general vibe there? Is it like, 
I always picture it in my head as having a show floor, even though I know that that's wrong. There's no reason for there to be a show floor there. Is it just like a hotel with a bunch of ballrooms and there's talks in the ballrooms or how does it, how does it work? Uh, yes, kind of. So this year was actually bigger than it has been in the past. Uh, the conference took place both in a hotel and in the, uh, this opera house in downtown St. Louis. Previously, oh, the cool. conference took place entirely in the uh, opera house, but. Uh, these two venues are about a 10-minute walk apart, and the organizers expanded to two venues this year to have more talks and let more people come, because it's a popular conference, because it's great. Uh, also note, there's, of course, like transit provided between the venues, too. Uh, but it was nice weather, so I usually just walked. Um, okay, so it sounds like Strange Loop is multi-track, given that it's in multiple venues. How many tracks are there at Strange Loop? Okay, here, so I'm on the website, and uh, we'll throw a link to the schedule in the show notes, because why not? Uh, at any given time, there were uh, one, two, three, four, six, seven uh, rooms going on that had talks in them, um, aside from the uh, aside from the keynote, anyway. Um, right. That's a lot. Yeah, uh, definitely. It's, I, it's a huge amount of talks. There were uh, how many talks per day, like... I don't know, it's five or six talks per day times six or seven rooms. Uh, like, there's a lot of stuff. And it's, like, generally speaking, really, like, really high quality. Like, a lot of the talks that I went to are really interesting. And um, I, I guess we should mention, like, uh, I think Strange Loop has a reputation for being a little bit more of a, like, I, I don't necessarily want to say academic because it's like not an academic conference, right? But a little bit more sort of theoretical, computer science-y, functional sort of um, theme. And uh, I think that that is is still true in part. I think it was probably more true a few years ago when they uh, had fewer like slots because uh, nowadays there were just a number of um, like I went to a talk about uh, monitoring things in distributed systems, uh, which is not really a like functional programming sort of theme talk. It was just really interesting and useful. Um, so there are there are a whole bunch of talks about all kinds of things. I still have a like list of talks that I didn't get to go to, uh, which which I'm slowly working through. Uh, this includes talks that like I just didn't go to because there was something that seemed more interesting or something I wanted to see in person, uh, or I, I missed the first like two talks on Friday because I went to karaoke Thursday night and that went till two thirty in the morning, you know. Was it was it tough to pick between different talks? Uh, yeah, in a lot of cases, it, it definitely was. Like in most of the t- the time slots, there were more than one, uh, or there was more than one talk that I really wanted to go to. Nice. And then, do you like write down the ones you want to see later and to catch the videos? Yeah, exactly. So I didn't really have like a plan going in uh, that I want to see this talk and this talk and this talk. Kind of just like every, I don't know, every morning and every afternoon, I looked at, okay, what's coming up? What do I want to go to see? And then at the same time, just through um, like the, just through the sessions that I wasn't going to go to into my task management app. <laughs> and so I just have a list there. Um, <laughs> since you mentioned videos, uh, I'll also note like, uh, especially this year, the organizers and like the, the, the video crew, I guess, were really good about getting videos up amazingly quickly. I, I feel like I remember a few years ago waiting like weeks and weeks for Strange Loop videos to go online. And now, like this year, on the morning of day two, they announced that most of the videos from day one were already online on YouTube for people to watch. That's which so is, crazy. 
incredible. Just think about the like logistics that go into making that happen. It's so impressive. Yeah, um, especially like five tracks at once, you know, seven tracks at once. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of mind-blowing. Um, yeah. And I, I, I'll also note, uh, seems like I'm kind of monologuing here, but one no, more good. thing to note. Uh, the the Strange Loop is is I think a really well organized and well done conference. Um, I think Alex Miller, who's uh, the the main organizer, uh, and all the like volunteers who come together to run it, uh, do a really amazing job. Um, they uh, take care of all the like things that a lot of conferences don't do so well. Like there's a like a clear code of conduct and um, ways for uh, like violations of the code of conduct to be to be dealt with. Right. Um, they have uh, for the keynotes and in a couple of the talks, they have uh, live um, captioning like in real time of what the speaker is saying. Uh, which is really cool, and that's a good, um, uh, like, a great thing, both for like accessibility for people who who are hard of hearing, or just like I found it really helpful just to like sit near that so that I could follow what was going on better. Um, right. It's yeah, it's it's a really well put together conference. I'm really happy with it. The the live captioning stuff is really hard, but it's so useful when it's done well, where like yeah. you can yeah you could just like see. The thing, and if you missed a word, you could just look at it, you know, regardless of whether you need that ca- closed captioning or not, because you're deaf, like, it's just helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you, you can, you can tune out for five seconds and come back and, and know what's going on without being, you know. Yeah. Which can be really nice. And you mentioned earlier, you mentioned that there were shuttles between the two different venues between the hotel and the, the opera house. I assume that that was like a, uh, like an accessibility thing of like, some people can't walk 10 minutes. Yeah, I mean, uh, what what I can walk in ten minutes is not something that everyone you know can can right. walk in ten minutes. Yeah, that's really nice. Plus, I mean, that's what really if it good. was raining? You don't want to like right, right. Th- there's that too. Uh, Although, I mean, I've been to conferences where you know they don't make those kind of affordances, so it's nice to know that there are people that do that that, that do. Yeah. Um, cool. It sounds like it's a good conference. I've always really wanted to go. Um, I've seen a lot of cool talks online from Strange Loop. Uh, what was there this year that uh, you particularly liked or you thought was, was super interesting? So there were a few a few talks that I thought were really interesting. Um, and uh, there are a few talks that I think will be interesting that I haven't watched the videos for yet, but uh, and and we'll maybe add a section to show notes that is just talks I haven't watched, but uh, I want to. <laughs> one of my so one of my favorite talks was from a guy from Stripe, uh, Sam Ritchie. And uh, this was about like machine learning and uh, like explaining decisions that AIs make or that machine learning models make. Uh, and so I came into this not knowing much about machine learning like at all. Uh, but the premise of the talk was kind of like, okay, so let's say you have we we have machine learning models that are trained to do all kinds of things now uh, at Stripe. Maybe you have a machine learning model that's trained to uh, determine whether a given transaction is fraudulent. Uh, people want explanations for why you know why some transaction was marked as fraudulent, for example, or like why an autonomous car made some whatever decision it made, right? Right. Uh, and that. I guess has typically been kind of a, like if you have a complicated or like a very large machine learning model, uh, then explaining why it did something can be kind of hard if you're just looking at the um, if you're just looking at the model itself. 
Uh, and so Sam spent a little while explaining how uh, dis how decision trees work, how decision tree learning works, uh, what random forests are, uh, and I like came out of this actually understanding this stuff uh, quite a bit better than I did before, which is great. Uh, and then he went into explaining uh, one way to generate an explanation uh, post hoc, like after the fact, as to that that explains or comes up with a one plausible explanation for why the model made this the decision that it made and i thought that was pretty cool i i pretty much followed it although i don't know if i can like do justice explaining that here uh but if you're interested in this kind of thing uh i think you should go watch this talk i, I thought it was really interesting um and uh yeah nice. even if we'll you don't find it for sure for sure notes yeah, even if you don't know that you're interested in in machine learning, this I thought was interesting, um, both as a way to like learn a little bit more about like what what is a random forest, what does that mean, and uh, how can we come up with um, so so the process that he describes is uh, involves training another machine learning model on uh, explanations for what the first model. Uh, is doing and wow. so then you can yeah but it actually works it sounds kind of crazy but uh it actually like works which which is wild so th so that was a really interesting talk and that brings me to um sort of a i don't know like a, a theory of how to choose talks that i that i came up with halfway through this conference was oh, um, i definitely want to hear this well so a lot of at least at this conference i don't know if this applies everywhere but uh a lot of the talks that i went to initially seemed to be like talks in areas where i know like where i know a lot of things and so and so I noticed uh, for like the first day of this conference, I tended to go to a lot of talks that I, um, for areas that I knew a lot about, and um, like they were like interesting and good talks, but I didn't come away with a lot of new, uh, a lot of new ideas or or anything, and so. I kind of figured for a conference like this where there, like there are a, like a bunch of broad topics and all sorts of different talks to go to, uh, the right thing to do, at least for me, was definitely to go to talks like this where um, like I know next to nothing about machine learning and this is really interesting and I'm expanding my brain and how I think about, uh, how I think about different things. Um, and I tried to do that with the, with the other talks that I chose uh, and I, I think it worked out really well. So the idea is basically pick things that you know the least about that still sound interesting. Right, exactly. Like um so to for one example um there was a a talk about uh web authentication like various problems um turns out that authenticating people on the web is is a hard problem still. Um and so one of the reasons I picked this talk was that one of the speakers you may know her on Twitter as at @bcrypt um is a really interesting person and uh, has done all sorts of interesting work in the sort of um, computer security, uh, computer privacy space. Uh, and this was a great talk about all the like different problems that are hard still in web authentication and what you should do if you're building a system that handles web authentication. Uh, and it was really great. And I think did a really good job of covering all this stuff, but I didn't really come away from it with, um, 
new with many new like ideas or or like having expanded my brain much at all and uh that's not because it wasn't a good talk it was a really great talk that did a great job of covering uh like of covering this this space uh but kind of after after that i uh and and after one or two other talks i kind of decided i need to go to things that um that i don't already know about right right, right. you'll get the most out of those Right. And if this were like a conference, you know, if it were like WWDC, like there are a lot of, you know, more advanced talks that dive more into more technical detail because uh, it's it's more focused um, for something like this. I think it's uh, it's more about like exposing yourself, at least for me, more about exposing myself to uh, different areas and, and different problem spaces and things like that. Right. I remember a thing from... You ever build and analyze the very first Marco podcast? Yeah, I don't. I didn't listen to too many episodes of that, but but yeah, yeah. There was this thing he talks about. He talks about going to WWDC and and picking talks that sound like they could be interesting, even if you don't really know what they're about. And so there was one yeah. talk about API design, and he thought that that meant like REST JSON HTTP API design. Um, but it actually meant like designing your the names of your Objective C methods, and like how Apple chooses that stuff. And he was like, "Yeah, it was actually a really really useful talk, and explained a lot about how that stuff works and how I should implement it in my own thing." And I didn't expect to like that talk a lot, but it turned out to be super super useful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think uh, okay, cool. So I'm I'm realizing that same thing just years and years and years later. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's just it's like one of those one of the very few things that I do remember from that show. I don't know if we could find that actual episode from the, but maybe we'll try to find a link for it and put it in the show notes. But yeah, yeah. So so all that said, while I'm on the subject, uh, this talk about web authentication, which had a great title, uh, it was it me under the hood of web authentication uh, <laughs> is a really great talk on all these different issues. If you've ever wondered about uh, what does, uh, what do you mean by bcrypt? What does salting a password mean? Uh, how do, um, how, how do, what, what happens when like a web server is using a cookie to like associate you with your session and like, how do you do that correctly? And what are timing attacks and what are like side channels and do those work over the network? And what is multi-factor authentication? And I keep hearing that like using SMS messages for two-factor auth is a bad idea. Why is that? Is it really that easy to hack? Uh, you should definitely watch this talk because it's really interesting. Nice. That does sound super good. Yeah, it's it. Yeah, it was really good talk. Uh, let's see other other interesting talks. Um, there was a talk by uh, Lito Nikolai, um, and we'll, again, there, there'll be links to all this stuff in the show notes. Uh, entitled Re- "Rewriting History," um, and so his pitch for this talk was kind of uh, we're going to rewrite Git uh, not by knowing how it works and re-implementing it, we're going to discover it. So he kind of takes the tack that like, okay, so we want to make a source control system. What does that mean? What are like the first decisions that we have to make? And like, why do we make these decisions? Um, And sort of works through in Ruby. uh, Okay, so here's a like really basic system that like you can give it some bytes and it'll store them uh, and, and you can address them and read them back. And then kind of builds on top of that, explaining the decisions that are being made through like throughout uh throughout the process to the point where he has a source control system written in Ruby that he can like create commits, which are like a set of files and directories, right? That's crazy. Is that like live coded or 
I think it wasn't live coded. Uh, it was, I think, recorded videos of him uh, having previously coded. Wow, that's amazing. And so the end of this uh, was, which was, which was pretty cool. Um, I mean, you could kind of see where this is going, right? But uh, was he took the like repo that we had been working in and and uh, and created with his Ruby code, and was like, and now if we rename the uh, this like uh, source control directory to dot git, switch over the terminal and type like git uh, status. Uh, turns out that like that he like literally had written code that wrote objects out in a in the same format as Git, and it's pretty straightforward. Wow, uh, which is cool, right? Because as much as I mean, like we know, uh, or like I know roughly how Git works, and and like what it means to have a content addressable storage, and how like it's uh, it's you know just a distributed acyclic graph, right? It's all pointers. Um, which uh, these are all words uh but like it's a pretty simple system under the hood really uh i had never thought about some of the like, sort of lower level decisions about how say like directories get represented uh and he he did a, a good job of like of explaining this stuff and um now i know a little bit more about git than i did before so so that's cool that's something you should watch nice yeah, yeah. um we'll have to find that for the show notes as well that'll be really sick i definitely want to watch that yeah uh another cool talk was um uh, let's see level up your concurrency skills with rust uh, a guy named david sullins gave this talk uh and so the gist here is um data race conditions exist in programming uh rust makes that rust rust uh can basically eliminate those because of its uh very clear ownership and lifetime and borrowing model for memory management uh that's something that i think we've covered a little bit when we've talked in the past about adding uh move semantics to swift or somewhere earlier we talked about the like ownership manifesto right 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 so that uh i definitely recommend that talk it's it'll be interesting if you're interested in thinking about move semantics and ownership and uh what that could bring to swift and like what benefits come with that nice yeah Sort of to wrap up, is there anything that you want to say, like in closing, about Strange Loop? Um, what it feels like to be there, what the what the vibe is? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's a really great conference that I really enjoyed. It's a very, um, uh, very sort of welcoming and inclusive vibe. I think uh, it it brings together a lot of the sort of. Um, or, or for whatever reason, it tends to attract the sort of like uh, sort of inclusive, um, uh, sort of progressive crowd of of programmers. I think, which uh, which is really interesting. Uh, man, there are like so many other interesting talks too that I didn't get a chance to to mention here, and some interesting talks that I haven't even like watched yet. Maybe what we should do is dump a bunch of them in the show notes of like anything you thought was interesting, and that could just be a source for people to like go find cool stuff. Well, even better. What if we just uh, what we'll link to the full like schedule for for this year's Strange Loop and the YouTube playlist with all of the talks, and uh, you can uh, you can choose your own adventure. Nice. That sounds pretty good. Yeah, it's uh, the organizers did did a great job. Uh, the speakers did did a great job. I you know really appreciate everyone who who contributes to something like this. Uh, someday I will give a talk about something somewhere. Um, 
Uh, I'm glad that I like had a chance to reflect a little bit on how to make the best use of, uh, of a conference like this, at least for me. Um, and, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's what I've got. Nice. That sounds pretty cool. Uh, I feel like I should go to strange loop once. I feel like it's such a like interesting experience that I feel like I it's think something you experience at least, at least once, you know? The other nice thing, it's it's a shorter time commitment, and it's much less expensive than going to, for example, WWDC. Right. Uh, and it's a much less expensive than going to almost any conference that happens on, like, one of the coasts or certainly internationally. Yeah, I highly recommend it. Nice. Cool. Um, well, that's episode 47 of our podcast. Uh, please like and subscribe. Smash that like button. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening. To all of our Patreon people, thank you for subscribing to the Patreon and helping us with all of our editing costs and hosting costs. Um, means a lot to us. People who aren't on the Patreon may notice that Chris and I sound a little bit better this week than last week. We've oh, yeah. gotten new mics, and we've only talked about it on the Patreon, but we haven't talked about it in public yet. But uh, to the Patreon people, thank you so much. Yeah, thank, thank you so much for your support. We, we really appreciate that. There will be a link to Patreon in the show notes. That's where all the even-numbered episodes have run off to. <laughs> One more thing before we leave you. Uh, Strange Loop every year has a party, which is at the City Museum in St. Louis. And... Uh, that place is wild, and I'll leave it at that. You should. We'll, we'll put a link in the show notes. <laughs> okay, I think we're done. I think we're done here. <laughs> All right.